Today I'm going to share with you my journey. Yes, I'm an autistic mom who does peaceful parenting, who runs a successful parenting coaching agency, and who feels happy as an autistic person and mother, business owner, spouse. I'm going to share my journey with you for one simple reason. If you are a neurodivergent parent, I want you to know that you can absolutely parent your children peacefully. You can be a happy neurodivergent parent. And there is a way. There is a way to find more peace in your parenting and in your inner self. So if you want to know how I went through all this self-discovery process leading up to my professional diagnosis, then buckle up because I'm going to just open my heart to you. If you are watching us from YouTube, I encourage you to subscribe to my channel. My name is Marcela Collier. I am a parenting coach here in HIC Parenting Education, and our mission is to help parents from all over the world go from frustration, disconnection, overwhelm to more peace in their parenting so they can have everything they need to raise emotionally confident children. Okay, so let's talk about my journey and hopefully that will inspire you to start your peaceful parenting journey as well. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Since I've been sharing my journey in social media, a lot of people have been asking me, how do you know you were autistic? The reality is that I did not know. My husband was sure, and we've been married 15 years, and he's a counselor. And for all these years, he's been telling me to go and pursue my professional diagnosis, but for some reason, maybe I was nervous about it. Maybe I wasn't ready to face reality. I did not do it up until some weeks ago. The thing is that even though I didn't know I was autistic, I always felt different and I behaved different as well growing up. So it was hard for me to make friends. I was able to socialize with others and have empathy. But when it came to really understanding social interactions and the intention of different social interactions, that's where I started struggling with. And that took me to a path of learning a lot. Like I, I became a student of people's behaviors and social interaction. And I basically taught myself how to behave socially in an acceptable way, you know, in a way that other people may want to be my friends. When I was growing up, I masked my way through high school and middle school and even college. It isn't until now that I've been feeling free to show 
who I really am. And what you see in social media, that's who I am, you know? Uh, yes, I'm quirky, and then I may have disconnected thoughts sometimes, or some other times I might be aligned to my feelings, and it's okay. It's okay, because that's who I am. So just going back to it, I didn't really know or I wasn't ready to face the reality that I may have autism. Nevertheless, throughout my life, I felt different. I've always had high sensory needs and how I said the social interactions, I had to teach myself how to socially behave in a way that is accepting in my peer group at school, in college, in middle school. Besides that, I have really, 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 I would say, focused interests. And it's hard for me sometimes to be out of that interest or to transition out of that interest to just normal life. So how does that influence my parenting? Well, Luckily for me and my kids, one of my special interests is parenting, is learning how to parent my children differently from the way I was raised. So I was raised in Colombia in a traditional Latino family, and my parents didn't know that I was a neurodiverse child. So even though they loved me a lot, they didn't always give me what I needed to accommodate my support needs, to help me. So because of that, I became obsessed with understanding what children are really trying to communicate through their behaviors, unveiling their needs. If anything, it made me more empathetic because when my son is having a meltdown because he doesn't want to brush his teeth, I completely get it <laughs> when I need to do sensory experiences like brushing teeth or combing my hair and it's a hard sensory experience for me sometimes it took me a while to get used to the toothbrushing experience the electric toothbrush that was that took me a little while going to the dentist is hard for me so if anything it gave me more empathy because i know from experience as an adult even what it is to be sensory overloaded what it is having to have a meltdown, a sensory meltdown. And little kids experience that regardless if they have neurodiverse brains or not. So that's how it helped me. And it came with challenges as well. Because sometimes one of my sons who has sensory needs is going through a sensory anxiety experience, something that gives them sensory anxiety, and I'm going through it at the same time. So it's hard sometimes. We were in Thanksgiving dinner, and the unstructured time came. Everybody was playing and talking loudly. There was no like a clear step, like organization or structure of how people were interacting. And my son, the one with sensory needs started getting very worked up. He ended up on the floor crying, having a meltdown. And I was very close to having my own meltdown because those unstructured times are hard for me as well. I could be in a group 
I could be in front of many people. I could talk to a big audience and I feel completely regulated, fine, amazing. But when it comes to that unstructured interaction, that's when it gets tricky for me. So what did I learn from my experience as an autistic mother? The second thing is to give myself grace. I've seen parents who are able to co-regulate and sit with their children through their tantrums and meltdowns for longer periods of time that I'm able to take. And it's okay. If you may feel like you have a neurodivergent brain and oh, if you may feel like I'm, I'm abandoning, emotionally abandoning my children by having them cry while I try to regulate myself, no, it's not a, a selfish act. It's a selfless act because you will be able to take care of them in the measure and the proportion that you're able to take care of yourself. So I know neurotypical parents may be able to see through their children's meltdowns for longer periods of time than I'm able to. I'm still honoring that about me. And I'm still telling my child, I know that you're still very upset and worked up and you need an adult. I know it. I'm going to do the best I can to regulate myself, to calm myself down. I'll be back. And then I would remove myself because I need to. I need to retreat to my little shell, to myself, in order to regulate. And I'll go back. And I'll go back to him and keep helping them the best of my ability. So if you are a parent who has a neurodivergent brain, and right now you may feel that you're failing as a parent, because you don't do the same thing that the other parents do, or you see the neighbor who takes their kids to the park every single day and you cannot handle that, it's okay. Me either. I don't take my twins to the park every single day. My husband fills that void. He doesn't mind taking them to the park every single day. And if you don't have a partner that could do what you cannot do or go farther than you can, it's okay as well. I grew up in Colombia, in a family, my parents. But the thing, the way I was raised, my dad was working a lot. So most of the time, my brother and I were with my mom. My mom had, suffers from chronic illness. My brother has autism. He's nonverbal. He has a lot of needs. And of course, she thought I was neurotypical, but I'm autistic as well. So I have my own set of needs. Most of the time, yeah, she took us to the park and she took us to some places. But most of the time, we were just hanging out in the house or at school. And we were very happy. <laughs> I was very happy. If anything, I felt like I was happier when I was in the house playing with all my stuffed animals. So your children are not thinking less of you because the neighbor takes their kids more times to the park than you. It's okay. So that takes me to my next experience and it's to embrace what works. The other day, I posted uh, on Instagram stories a little video of me eating dinner 
in my office. And on the caption, I said, right now, as you see me, my twins and my husband are on the dinner table, eating their dinner, and I chose to eat by myself. So what is my experience? I'm all afternoon with the twins, and the twins are loud, the twins are little kids, so they make messes, they're loud, they're unexpected. They do all these little things that build up my sensory capacity. So when my husband comes home, I'm already ready to retrieve and to be alone. But he comes home around dinner time. Sometimes I join them for dinner. And the other half of the times I decide to not join for dinner. If I did, then I would not be honoring my needs to need space for myself. And that goes with the comparison as well. I got some comments of people saying, you're doing the wrong thing. You should be eating dinner with your husband and your kids. Well, they're comparing their neurotypical standards to me. So the next thing that I want to tell you is, if you hear people in the world comparing their neurotypical standards to what works for you, listen to what works for you. If my twins and my husband are okay with me eating dinner by myself half of the time, then why should that be a problem if Susie from the internet who doesn't know me or the neighbor telling me that I should be eating with them? So do what works for you, even if that goes against professional advice. And this is a tricky one. And again, I'm saying this from my own experience then you decide what's best for you. Sensory is a big trigger for me. So breastfeeding did not work out so well. <laughs> I remember having autistic meltdowns after every breastfeeding session. I tried so many things to keep myself regulated, but just the sensation of twins sucking on me. <laughs> wow, like it was unbearable for my senses. I could not even stand it. And they sense that stress. They sense that triggered nervous system. And then they started like pulling away. And, and it wasn't that I was doing anything for them to not like it. It's just like the energy, the vibe was that I was crying. And I'm like, oh, like they could tell that I was not enjoying the timing. So that's when my husband said, what about if you pump and then we give them the breast milk in the bottle? We started doing that and that was the answer for us. Would that be the answer for you? Only you know. Maybe yes, maybe no. But we went from me having the worst time of my life postpartum by the way, I have postpartum depression on top of all my sensory needs. I went from that from, to feeling more at ease, to feeling more peaceful. Those feeding sessions were finally times that I connected with my twins instead of me dreading the time. So do what works for you. 
growing up as undiagnosed autistic female, there were many things that happened in my life that kind of like created this internalized belief that I was not capable or that I didn't have any strengths, that I was weak. When I tried so hard to fit in in a social group and I saw all the other kids kind of like blowing through and it was so effortless for them to socialize and for me it was so hard. When I saw older kids playing at the playground, not worrying about the little sand that goes in their shoes, and I was so worried about it. And I didn't understand why for me it was such a big deal. All those little experiences, when I saw older kids trying new foods, and for me it was such an issue, <laughs> I wanted my same foods. I saw that, and then I grew up seeing my needs and now my strengths. So as an adult, I taught myself to see my strengths. And that's the next thing I want to tell you. If you are autistic or you have any other diagnosis, possibly the only thing that you see now in your parenting is your needs, the things that are not going well, the struggles, my invitation for you is that to start seeing your strengths. I see the kind of empathy and I give my all in my parenting because the way my brain works. I see the honest person I am. I mean what I say and I say what I mean because of who I am. Because I'm a neurodiverse person. Yeah. I see a lot of strengths with it. I see my children expressing and having sensory experiences and I can see that because I experienced that. And because I learned, even my therapist told me, the one who evaluated me, she said, you've developed great coping skills. And I can now teach them to my kids. And I'm actually teaching them to parents from all over the world. So what are your strengths? You are powerful. I just can't imagine you in my head right now. I know I'm seeing a camera, but I'm really seeing you. I'm seeing your beautiful face. You are such a powerful person. And you might be thinking, like, I don't know if I'm cut out to be the parent of all these kids or the parent of my child. I don't have what it takes. You do. You do have what it takes. You are a great parent and you are cut out to be their parent. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to need sometimes therapeutic guidance or parenting coaching guidance. When I was stuck in my parenting in 2012 and I didn't know how to help my foster son with their aggression without triggering my rage without shutting down because that's really what I do when I'm so triggered that I just shut down and don't do anything. I access parenting coaching and that parenting expert gave me the tailored guidance and solutions that I needed. Being a mom who is raising a neurodivergent child who has a lot of needs. At the time, I didn't know I had autism, but 
I knew I had a lot of needs as well. And that professional gave me that tailored solution, that tailored guidance. And now HIC Parenting Agency, we are an agency with so many coaches ready to help you. I have an invitation for you. If you know you want to raise your children differently from the way you were raised and you feel stuck and you want that tailored guidance and support, we have a free parenting assessment call. On that call, we're going to get to know you a little bit deeper, see what's going on in your parenting. And then if it's fitting, then we will show you how our coaching services could serve you. All you have to do to accept this call with either me or one of our HIC parenting advisors is just open the description of this podcast episode. If you are on YouTube, open the description of YouTube and then the link is there. And book your call at a time that you know you can give us your individualized attention because we are going to do the same. So you are ready to start this change and to create the parenting that you want to create, to be proud of your parenting and for your children to be proud of your parenting. So again, go to the calendar, choose the date and time that works for you, and we'll see you on the call. If you have not followed us, what are you waiting for? We are a High Impact Club on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, and I want you to remember that it only takes understanding of yourself and of your children to transform your parenting. I'll see you next time.